I was expecting you. Today, tomorrow, yesterday. It was only a matter of time. Welcome to John Adams High, where you are gonna die, that's right. Hey, little bro, life's tough, get a helmet. They just shot the neighbor! The banger! Well, Sean, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but you're kind of a babe. The Secret of Life by Plays of Squirrels. Underpants. Mr. Feeney? Mr. Feeney! I love the Feeney call. Hello, everyone. Welcome. This is the Feeney Podcast. Yes, we are still going, and we've got a great episode to break down for you today for no other reason than we get the return slash the replacement of the best character on the show, Morgan Matthews. Strongly disagreeing with that statement is my co-host, Jacqueline. Yes, I feel that Josh is taking a really unpopular stance on this Morgan thing and is probably going to catch some heat, but that's okay. He's allowed to love Morgan. Welcome, everyone. Uh, Exciting episode this week. Lots going on. A lot going on indeed. We've got Finally, some steps forward in the Corey Topanga drama that we were left with a couple of episodes ago and that was ignored last episode. And we've also got some Eric and Feeney bonding happening here as well. Their relationship only gets stronger over time, and this is a good episode to move them forward as well. Yeah, and we've got just about every main character in this episode. Um, You know, for a while, we've been missing... Some of our leads, like Alan um, and Amy and Morgan, for like a full season. But now we've got everyone the parents, Corey, Sean, Eric, Feeney, Turner, Eli, and a bunch of guest stars, too. So it's, uh, it's action packed. Yeah, they really do. They get everyone in here, including Alan. We just see him quickly, but it's good to know that he's still alive and well and the head of this Matthews family. So, yes, indeed. Really quickly, some old business to start. My father, number one fan of the Feeney podcast, did write in to say that we have a cousin, uh, one of his cousins, who lived in, slash lives, I think lives in Westport, Connecticut. Wow. My father claims that he was Paul Newman's doctor. Holy cow. That is quite the claim to fame. We should put that up on the website. Is it true what they say about Westport, Connecticut is what I'm trying to ask. I think they did all right. I think my dad mentioned something about some nice Thanksgiving dinners up at the the house before. So there you go. Uh, Westport, Connecticut. The American dream. It really is. (laughs) Well, thank you, Mr. Shaw, for sharing that with us. That's great stuff. As always, for all of our listeners, feel free to DM us or email us with uh, any notes or tidbits that you have about episodes. We love to hear from you. Yeah, love to give you a shout out here. So let's turn our attentions to A Kiss is More Than a Kiss, episode 14 of this season of Boy Meets World. Okay, everybody, season three, episode 14, entitled A Kiss is More Than a Kiss, aired January 26th, 1996, directed by John Tracy, Disney Plus synopsis, Corey has a hard time dating other girls. My synopsis, 
Corey attempts to remain friends with Topanga while attempting to date other girls. Just realized I used the word attempt too many times, but that's okay. This isn't an English class. Meanwhile, Eric gets accepted to college. So the summary was at least factual. I noted that as well. (laughs) And kind of gives a description of half of what happens in this episode. So they're getting better. Here's, of course, nice, full, solid summary of all of the stories that happened in this episode. Now, I think the title, this one's a bit of a mystery to me. I think the title might be a nod to an old song called As Time Goes By, which is a standard Billie Holiday sung it, Frank Sinatra sung it. The first line of the song is, You must remember this, a kiss is still a kiss, a sigh is just a sigh. You must remember this, a kiss is still a kiss. But when the song is famously performed in Casablanca, the singer, Sam, the piano player in the club, says a kiss is just a kiss. So then there's versions of it using that wording too. And frankly, I tried Googling it. It has the word kiss in it so many times that the Google searches were really not very fruitful. So I'm just not sure, but I think that that's probably where they got the title of this episode from. What do you think? I thought it was from Rock and Roll All Night by the band Kiss. (laughs) Okay. Okay. No, just kidding. Um, (laughs) My research led me down the same path as well. The song from Casablanca with the edited lyrics from that original song. So let's go with that. Sure, sure. Well, it's a pretty weak title. It's no city slackers from a few weeks ago. Mm. That's for sure. So basically, this episode is we open with Corey and Topanga chatting. And they're being really friendly. They're making plans together. And Sean is pretty, I'm going to say, upset to see that Corey and Topanga are still in so much contact. Uh, And then he becomes even more enraged when he finds out that Corey has agreed to do a prom modeling gig with Topanga on Saturday. So this is really the setup. Corey and Topanga are like, we're so cool. We're still friends, even though we broke up. And Sean is like, this is disgusting. You guys need to stop being friends. And he's like putting a lot of pressure on Corey. Yeah. I'm not sure he cares whether they stay friends or not, but he really just needs Corey to move on and to get over Topanga. They're in high school. They should be dating lots of girls. And and Sean is ready for single Corey to come out. And Corey kind of says that he's, he's down for this, that he's ready to go on a date. And Sean swings the world's quickest double date plans <laughs> yes. I've ever seen. Yes. Corey insists that he's over Topanga. He's ready to date. They're just friends. Sean flags down two girls in the hallway. Their names are Katie and Melissa, a.k.a. the first two girls to walk past Sean that day. Mm-hmm. He's like, do you want to go out tonight? And they're like, okay. And then that's it. So in about four seconds... Corey has been like, I'm ready to date. And then Sean has set up a date for them that very night. Yeah, exactly right. So quick. And Corey's going to start, he's of course going to start instantly panicking when he realizes that this is a realistic thing that's happening for him and starts going into crazy Corey mode. And this is when we get 
the best scene of the season, the return of Corey's younger sister, Morgan, previously played by Lily Nixay and now going to be played by and forever played by Lindsay Ridgway, who will be the new Morgan for the rest of the show. Yes. So at home, Corey is getting ready for his date, looking like Colonel Mustard in a yellow shirt oh, and sweater God, vest combo. So bad. And it's a big moment. The whole family's there. Corey, everybody's sort of like giving Corey a hard time about the date. And down from the stairs comes new Morgan. Personally, I found the scene to be really awkward. She's clearly a totally new person. She hasn't even been mentioned all season. And I think they're just trying to joke about it. But personally, I find it pretty unfunny. You know, why can't you guys learn from Morgan? She is a great sister. I mean, she stays in her room. You don't hear from her. You don't see her. And best of all, she stays out of my personal life. So, rumor upstairs is you got a date. Morgan, long time no see. Yeah, that was the longest time out I've ever had. It went from funny to unfunny very quickly. <laughs> yeah. In like a little bit of a poking fun at themselves fashion. They make a lot of jokes. Oh, where's Morgan been? Longest time out she's ever been on. Ha ha, long time no see. If they would have left it at one or two jokes like that, yes, they're acknowledging it's a new actress. They're kind of poking fun at themselves. Let's just accept this and move on. But they then circle back to this thing about three or four more times, and they hammer this joke into the ground so hard that it then becomes unfunny again. Okay, I'm glad that you have enough uh, perspective to see that they did take that joke a little bit too mm -hmm. far. Because if you were coming in here trying to defend how hilarious this scene was, I was really going to question your judgment. So I'm glad that you are still objective enough to see that scene for what it was, which was, yeah, it started funny and then it became awkward. But the Band-Aid has been ripped off. I guess we'll have to wait and see. I don't personally think they're going to keep making those jokes. I think they got it all out of their system. And I really think they should have just done what a lot of sitcoms have done and just written her off the show completely. But they really decided the show needed her Morgan energy. So here she is. Yeah, she's going to play a little bit different version of Morgan than we know. The Morgan that we knew was kind of a sweet, funny. She was a little like mischievous, but in like kind of a harmless, cute way. She was the like annoying little sister. And new Morgan is going to be much more of a kind of sarcastic drama queen, troublemaker. She's going to get into a lot more hijinks than, uh, than I think old Morgan would have. For sure. And I believe they aged her up a little bit. I know that almost a year has passed, so she would have aged anyways, but it appears that they maybe bumped it up another year or two. That sounds right as well. Um, from interviews, it sounds like Lily Nixay just kind of did not want to do the show anymore. And so they had to decide whether they were going to replace her or not. It obviously took a while. And then they found Lindsay. She really was not in much else in her acting career. This was pretty much it. A uh, couple of one-offs here and there. So that kind of takes us to where we are now. Yeah, they said on interviews that she really, I mean, she was a little kid and she just wasn't liking it, didn't want to be there. So uh, thankfully she was not forced against her will by like evil parents or something like that to continue performing. And she was able to get off the show. 
So we'll have some more hijinks with uh, with Sister Morgan as the series goes on. But for now, Corey and Sean are out on their double date, and Corey is clearly uncomfortable. Yeah, this scene kind of writes itself. You could guess exactly when we cut to Chubby's what was going to be happening. Sean's going to be on one side of the booth making out with the girl he's on a date with. Corey's going to be having an awkward conversation about something you shouldn't be talking to a girl about on a first date. On the other half, not making a move. Right. Corey's date, Melissa, is played by Andy McGaffey. That's Andy Mm. with two N's and an I. Uh, She's done an insane amount of voice acting, and we've probably already talked about her because she was in the I Am Not a Crook episode from season two. So uh, it seems like she probably does really great at all those cons because she has been in every video game cartoon since she was a little kid. And Sean's date, Katie, is played by Adina Panella. And this is her one and only acting credit on IMDb. That's right. That is uh, how her name is pronounced. That isn't Jacqueline having her John Travolta moment <laughs> trying to mispronounce I a name. <laughs> Please welcome the wickedly talented one and only Adele Dazim. But yes, <laughs> but I think it's probably pretty rare to find an actress on IMDb with just one single credit. Yes, I had, don't think I've ever seen that before. Liter- not and not only one credit, like like one show. It is one episode of one show, and that is it. Yep. So that is, it, it. That is pretty unusual, but she barely has any lines. She just spends most of her scenes kissing Sean, which for a girl in 1996, that is not a bad gig at all. I wish we had more insider information. Maybe it was just like the girl that Ryder Strong was dating at the time. And they're like, you need to make out with someone. Why don't you bring your girlfriend along? Super possible considering the role didn't require too much acting chops. Just, just the kissing. Can we get a quick outfit breakdown? I know you mentioned Corey's oh, Colonel Sanders or uh, thank you. Corey's Colonel Mustard <laughs> Colonel. outfit, but ooh. thank you so much for asking. It is <laughs> worth mentioning that in addition to the aforementioned sweater vest, we have Sean wearing another unforgivably ugly vest over a button down shirt over a Henley. So many buttons. He's got three <laughs> shirts. They've all got buttons everywhere. And it is just the ugliest thing I've ever seen. He looks like a crazy person. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the girls are wearing pretty normal clothing, at least in this episode. Somebody will come show up wearing a terrible sweater later on. But for now, they're just pretty normally. And the, the, the I guess people just didn't care. I I think they were trying to give him like a cool, edgy style. And they literally just, it looks like he dove into a bin of clothes in Goodwill and popped out and was like, this is what I'm wearing. I... I can't even imagine how much time the costume director spent just racking up vests. Between him and Turner and then Corey with the sweater vest, it's like vest city over there. I can't even think of anything funny to say because it's like unfunny how many vests there are. It really it really is shocking. It's hard to not <laughs> notice them yes. as they come up now. It's so bad. Uh, anyway, uh, okay, so that's the costume breakdown. That's our 90s uh, attire update for you. So the girls excuse themselves, and Sean is, like, mad at Corey for not taking this date seriously. He's not kissing Melissa. 
And Sean's like, I don't want to put pressure on you, but I'm now going to pressure you. You have to kiss Melissa. But it gets to the point of the night where Melissa is literally telling Corey, kiss me, man. Like, come on. But as we will soon find out, Corey chokes and gives her a nice firm handshake instead. Yeah. One of my favorite runners in the show is Sean being able to just kind of tell exactly what happened with Corey and his date just by reading his face the next day. And that happens this first time because in the cafeteria the next day, Corey walks up to Sean and Sean just says, all you did was shake her hand? Of course, like, how did you know that? He's like, it's written all over your face, man. Like, what are you doing out there? Like, you you didn't make a move. Like, this is the only way to get over Topanga. Sean is outraged. Mm-hmm. He says he Corey will never get over Topanga until he can kiss another girl. And now he's totally blown it with Melissa. But then Melissa comes up to Corey and is like, Corey, I'd love to see you again. Um, it turns out that she was quite smitten with how respectful he was. And wants another shot. So Corey's going to give it another shot. It is evidently corn on the cob and burnt pizza day in the cafeteria. Everybody's tray is just looking gross. Sean is drinking juice from a box with the label high high instead of high C, (laughs) which cracked me up. It looked exactly like a high C, but it was high high. And Sean is wearing another vest. But actually... This is one of the less egregious outfits we've seen him wear in a while. Because he has been wearing, if it's not a vest, it's like an insane printed button-down shirt. So this is like a vest over a light blue shirt with like a white t-shirt underneath. He actually looks not like an insane clown. He layered this one together all right. (laughs) Round two for Corey and Melissa. They go to the movies again. They end up on the front stoop again. And instead of kissing her again, he chokes again. He totally blows it. So he goes in and meets the parents. And the next day, of course, when he sees Sean, Sean reads his face and says, you met her parents? Yeah, it seems like right after this date, Corey goes to Chubby to meet Sean. And that this is when he finally admits that he is not over Topanga. He's like, you know what? I couldn't do it. I'm not over her. But Corey suspects that Topanga is also not over him. And he's like feeling a little cocky about this. But it is at this exact moment that Corey sees Topanga swapping spit with some dude with highlights and a wannabe Eric Von Detten haircut. And Corey is devastated. Yeah, I was referring to this character in my notes as Blonde Sean, just because he had a little bit of the floppy hair going on. So Topanga is in a booth making out with Blonde Sean. And, you know, Corey, like you said, he's outraged and he's, you know, he's fired up. He is not sure what's happening, but he is fired up at this moment. Sean is being a really good friend. Thankfully, Sean prevents Corey from making a scene. He carries Corey out of Chubby's, which is really funny. He like, he, Corey's like, I'm going to go confront her. And Sean like picks him up and literally carries him out. Like, no, no, no. Um, And Sean's actually being really rational. He's saying to Corey, like, you guys are not dating anymore. You do not get to confront her about what she's doing. You're both supposed to be moving on. You need to like, think about what you're doing here. Um, so right at this moment, Corey finally decides that he's gotten up the nerve to kiss Melissa 
and he rushes back over to her house and they kiss and they feel no sparks at all. And they're both like, all right, well, see you in school. But the next day he tells Sean like, okay, I kissed her and I didn't feel anything. And Sean says, this is great. You rip the bandaid off. You kiss another girl. And he goes this way. When you see Topanga with another guy, you won't go bonkers. Bonkers. He jumps on Blonde Sean, and this is where it is revealed that Blonde Sean is actually Shane West of A Walk to Remember fame. Yes, very famous Shane West. He is playing Nick, which is the technical name of this character. Uh, You know him from A Walk to Remember. You may also know him from 54 episodes of Once and Again, 70 episodes of ER, 73 episodes of Nikita, and 36 episodes of Salem, none of which I've seen one single episode of, but I think probably people out there have. Yeah, he was in a bunch of movies in the late 90s, early 2000s. He was a teen heartthrob for about 10 seconds. And then at some point, he switched back mainly to TV. He started his career in TV, and then he went back to TV. And he still has a really active and successful career. He does a lot of TV. Um, he was in that show Gotham, I think. So he's he's still working it, but he never quite hit that like teen heartthrob fame and that's okay yeah and he's seemingly pretty cool with Corey jumping on his back here he's like oh yeah must be the ex because only the exes jump on my back like this so yeah Corey's acting like an idiot Topanga was pretty mortified by Corey's behavior of like assaulting her date and then even more mortified when she learned that Corey saw her sucking face with Shane West at Chubby's the night before But Corey's acting like a gigantic baby. He, like, yells at Topanga. He tells her they aren't going to be friends anymore. I know he's upset, but he's acting pretty uncool. Like, you guys broke up. That was your decision as well as hers. So, like, stop being a jerk. But, yeah, he's in full spiral. He's throwing everything out. He's all angry. That is funny when he puts the bear in the trash compactor and it starts screaming. (laughs) Yeah. But... Alan and Amy hear the commotion, and now it's time for some parental wisdom. You know, they yes. sit Corey down. Corey's eating an entire cake off of a plate, which is weird. That's sort of an Alan move, if you that ask me. Move. But Corey's doing it, and they, Alan and Amy basically tell him, you can't throw away your friendship with someone that you've been friends with your whole life just because you broke up. Like, give him a little perspective, you know? Yeah, you're in high school. You're supposed to date around. Going out with other girls like may help you land back with Topanga. Heck, like we broke up and we are now married for a bunch of years. So you can't just throw away your friendship. That's the most important bond you have with someone. And you're going to regret it if you do that. And I think this message sinks in pretty, pretty easily. You know it sinks in because they do the close-up of Corey's like thoughtful face mm-hmm, where he's like, mm-hmm. wow, this is really resonating. And in the scene when he's spiraling, he he makes you think that he's going to bail on Topanga for the aforementioned prom fashion fest, but he comes through for her in the end. She's sort of there getting nervous, thinking he's not going to show up. Mr. Turner is fumbling to lead this fashion show for some reason, uh, but Corey shows up. He's in his tux. And they have a pretty mature conversation and apologize and decide to try to still be friends. Yeah, we get a a glint here that Topanga is not 
quite feeling the same way about anyone that she felt about Corey. You know, Corey says, we've known each other our whole lives. It took you 14 years to kiss me. And you known him a second and you kissed him the same way. And she goes, Corey, I did not kiss him the same way that I kissed you. And so we start to feel, all right, this is this is going to be an ongoing saga for Corey and Topanga for a little while. Well, the way that they leave it definitely is leaving the door wide open. Like they they, they end the episode with the two of them on really good terms. Mm-hmm. They are smiling at each other. She gives him a kiss on the cheek like she did at the beginning of the episode when they were still trying to be friends so they're definitely leaving it open for like continued Corey and Topanga uh, relationship which of course we know will happen but it's a good ending for this episode okay well we also now that we've wrapped up our beautiful Corey and Topanga plot we also have some stuff going on with Eric and his quest to get into college Eric has gotten rejected from Penn State and Apparently a lot of other schools too. This is not surprising. We know that Eric's been trying to get into colleges for a little while. He has had many struggles with his grades, with his attention span, with his scholastic work, with turning in papers on time, all of these things. So it comes as no surprise that this is a, uh, a tough thing. We, I think Eric got a negative score on his SATs one time when he took it. Uh, he wrote so, his name wrong when Jason was like grading his paper. He's like, there's two T's in Matthews. Yeah. So this comes as no surprise that he's struggling to get into college. And and so Mr. Feeney is going to offer some advice to just kind of keep applying, keep trying. The right school is going to find you. You'll find the right school. Yeah. He gives him a little pep talk. Eric's pretending to be unaffected by this whole thing. He's like, mm-hmm. oh, these rejections don't bother me. I just, I'm just, i just worried about my parents. Like They get so upset. But Mr. Feeney knows that Eric is starting to take this a little hard. So he gives him a little boost. And the next day at school, Eric is elated to share with uh, evidently the only three teachers at John Adams High, mm-hmm. Feeney, Eli, and Turner, that he has been accepted to the prestigious Boris College. Classic Boris College. He's gotten in. And uh, you mentioned the cafeteria food and drinks earlier. And if you notice here, the holy trifecta, as I'm going to call them, Feeney, Turner, and Eli, they all have a different beverage. Turner's drinking apple juice out of one of those little The grenade little things. Exactly. Uh, Eli's got a fruit juice in one of those like hug little jugs. Uh Uh-huh. And the Feeney looks like he's got some coffee, but Eric's very excited to share the news. And uh, he's telling Feeney, you know what? You did this for me, Feeney. Like, you're going to be right there when Boris plays Notre Dame. <laughs> I'll take Notre Dame by 60 points. They are all genuinely excited for Eric when he tells them the news that he's been accepted to college. They are all like, oh, man, this is so amazing. Like, they're happy. They're pumped. And then they hear the name of the school and you can see the air kind of come out of them because they all are like a little suspicious that they've never heard of this college and that the name is a little sus. Um, so Turner calls the college board or something. I don't know what he says. He calls someone and he finds out that there is no such thing as Boris College and it's a scam. They charge an application fee. And they accept anybody who applies and now they've got your 50 bucks. And they, the three of them agree that they, that Feeney is going to break the bad news to Eric because somebody needs to tell him that like he needs to keep applying to schools because Boris isn't going to work out. Yeah. Eric's bragging to a 
cute redhead girl at the cafeteria table and she's like, oh, maybe I'll join you. We can party. And Eric's like, oh, no, no, no. Boris is much more of an academic school. I'm going to be studying, but we can study together. She gets a couple of lines and so is therefore credited. She is Sadie Kreitzig and she's credited as Felicia. She was in a lot of one-off episodes of TV, Westworld, 90210, Parenthood, stuff like that, but nothing major. She looks really old. I didn't. Mm-hmm. I didn't. For high look, school for sure. Yeah, I didn't look at what age she was, but I was like, "Man, you do not look like a high school student. You look like you're 24 years old." So that was my one note on uh, Eric's friend here. But Mr. Feeney comes over to break the news to Eric, and as it turns out, Eric has already pretty much figured out that Boris wasn't real. They evidently mailed him a diploma as soon as he got his acceptance letter. But he was just kind of pretending. He wanted to believe it was real. He wanted to fit in with the other students. I can I can get that. If everybody is like talking about college and talking about where they're going, you want to be part of the excitement. So he was like, I know it's fake. I just really wanted to like be part of it for a little while. So I think this really touches Feeney, who realizes like, Listen, if you want this bad to get into college, I know that you're going to be able to make it happen. Like if if this is something you really want, you can do it. So in the post-credit scene, Eric has gotten a new boost of energy, I guess, and he's filling out more college applications. Yeah, he is plowing through these things. Morgan, you think is helping, but then we find out that she's just kind of applying for colleges on her own because Corey says if Eric can go to college, anyone can do it. So she's applying to colleges. Eric's got a whole stack of letters she's here. She's really just there to roast Eric is what that comes yeah, down to. Yeah, sure. It's funny. Good stuff. Feeney walks in and he's like, you know what? Somebody's got to let me in. Like if I apply to enough places or like someone's going to make at least a clerical error. So, <laughs> you know, it's a volume game at this point. But Feeney, he does the Feeney thing in this moment and he hands Eric a letter of recommendation explaining that Eric's got exceptional character, enormous potential. He's someone that he would bet on. And we've got a really nice touching moment here for Feeney helping Eric out. Eric is really touched, but he's also speechless because he's already sealed 500 Mm -hmm. envelopes before Mr. Feeney gave him the letter. So um, I can't even imagine applying to all these colleges by hand and I would like to know what Eric's college application budget is because if I'm remembering correctly, it was $25 to $50 per school that you applied to for your application fee. So, God, what a process. Yeah, hopefully he's applying a lot of state schools and maybe those are waived if you're like in state or something. But he he's going all in on trying to get into a college somewhere. Do you remember... We used to have to, I'm sure everything is done digitally now, but Mm -hmm. when we were applying to college, you had to get your teachers to write your letter of recommendations and they would give them to the guidance counselor. And then you would have to request your letters of recommendation from the guidance counselor. You'd have to tell them how many you wanted and for which schools. And they would like give you the letters already sealed that you would like put in the mail with your application. So you always had to like request an extra one for a school so you that could you read it. Yeah. So that you could like slice it open and read it. So I just, I can't even imagine the administrative nightmare that Eric is in right now, filling out all these applications by hand. 
and making photocopies of all those Feeny letters and then having to stuff all those envelopes and write all those checks. Hey. Yeah, I was just thinking of this, like applying to colleges now is a million times easier. I think a lot of them use a common application. You can probably pay with a credit card. I used to have to get my parents used to when I, the one time that I applied to college, your yeah. parents had to like write you a check for everyone because that was like how you paid in the mail. Yeah, had to mail them all out. I thankfully avoided a lot of this hassle because I applied to the school I ended up going to, early decision, found out very early in that process that I was going there and then did not have to fill out a lot of applications after that. So that really worked in my favor. I always thought the early decision thing was really stressful. Yeah, I mean. Like they, like if they, you, they accepted you, you had to go there. Yeah, I that's where I wanted to go. That's why I wanted to, I knew that I wanted to continue paying for my college education well into my thirties <laughs> and forties. And so I was all in from the beginning. That's great. Some of us went to a state school, but did manage to pick the most expensive school in the state anyway. So uh, good thing we're making so much money on this podcast. Yeah, it's really our uh, Boris University sweatshirts are the merch revenue on that is really going to pay for your student loans. So don't you sure worry. is. Um, what do we think Boris College's school colors are? For some reason, I imagined burgundy and gold. But then I'm like, is that because that's Boston University's colors? And he said BU at some point. Are those Boston University? You, you're you're very close. You're you're slightly confused, and your good friend Pat would have a a cow that you referred to it as Boston oh U boy. instead of Boston College, which is BC, which is Boris College, which is kind of a burgundy and gold. Uh, <laughs> okay. Boston U. I'm not sure what their colors are. I'm not even sure if they have sports or athletics at all. But BC, yeah, BC Boston College. <laughs> Okay, well, I'm imagining burgundy and gold for Boris University. All right, let's go with it. We'll go with that. We've got a couple of Boris College sweatshirts made up. I'm very excited for this. <laughs> um, so that's pretty much it. The uh, I thought that this was really like – it was classic Corey and Sean – it wasn't the usual like they're scheming on something together, but it was that energy of like one of them was being irrational and the other one was really trying to like make them see that they were being crazy. But it was in more of a funny way than like Sean trying to beat up Turner's bike with a baseball bat. It's just the whole episode was like pretty light. There was a couple of serious moments with Corey and Topanga, but um, they did a good job of keeping it light, keeping it funny. And I loved the Eric and Feeney dynamic in this one. So overall, very good episode. Overall, great episode because we know that Morgan is back. Oh, Morgan, we know. We know, Josh. Yeah. So anyway, we're going to take a slight hiatus here as we venture out into the world and take some vacations. But But we will be back soon with more episodes to finish out season three here yeah great stuff to come we're going back to the trailer park we're uh we're doing all the things with turner and sean and and wrapping up a great season here so don't want to miss it don't want to miss it to make sure you don't miss anything follow us at feeny podcast on instagram feenypodcast.com for all the latest updates get in touch with us something resonate with you uh, you know an uncle or a cousin who went to Boris College and got a degree there. Let us know. <laughs> Let us know how that worked out. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. Bye. 
Bunkers. 